Welcome to the Chickmunks Podcast, where we explore the spiritual path of contemplative Christianity with a female voice and perspective. Have you ever bought furniture that you had to put together yourself? You get it home and you open the box and you lay out all the pieces with confidence and you start to put it together because you are brilliant and can't be stopped. And then you put in all this time, minutes, hours, really however long it takes before you realize it's not working. And you drive yourself crazy trying to make it work with everything you have in front of you. You check the directions, you lay it out differently, and then you think, wait a minute, let me double check the box. And there it is. You realize there was a missing part hiding in the box that you needed the whole time. And if you'd had it from the beginning, obviously, you would have been much more successful in putting it together. That's what it felt like for me when I discovered the Divine Feminine. I had carried away from fundamentalism, evangelicalism, more wounds to my understanding of myself as a woman than in any other aspect of my being. I had learned so much mistrust for myself and my body just because it was female. I had heard a masculine God, even though we could say God isn't a man, we only ever referred to God as he. And I remember the day that I was sitting on my porch, journaling, honestly unsure whether or not I was praying. And I heard the Spirit say to me, it's time for you to think of me as she. I felt like I had divine permission to use feminine pronouns when I talked about God. And that healed me. Slowly, among other things, I started to understand that gendered language for God really is metaphorical, but it is really significant. Because we live in gendered bodies, we live gendered experiences, and that isn't a bad thing. It's actually beautiful. Like anything else, it becomes bad when it becomes about power dynamics instead of celebrating the differences between one another. And so I started to see the character of Jesus, the character of the Christ, as one who refused the power games. And that was where his power came from, was by not playing along, by transcending the human desire to grab for control and power of our own and laying down his life in love. That is the true and ultimate power that created and sustains the universe, the power of love. So in seeking God from a different perspective and deciding that, yes, I am and want to be a Christian, I came back to the church, I came back to the practice of Christianity with a totally different perspective. I wasn't so concerned about getting things right anymore. I was more concerned about life, this eternal life, that Jesus talked about all the time. The life and the light and the love that Jesus taught were, in fact, the experience of the kingdom of God. 
So with this newfound emphasis on the practice of Christianity, I sought out new teachers, new voices, new books to read, things that weren't so much about having everything black and white and certain, but more about the experience of knowing God. And I found that a lot of the voices who talked of this practice of knowing God through Christianity were monks. They're monks who have removed themselves intentionally from cultural distractions and chosen to live a simpler lifestyle for the sake of knowing God and serving and loving their neighbors. These were the people that I was resonating with, and I had to believe that these people got it right. So I started to explore new voices and new teachers and found new fellow pilgrims. I found that there were not a lot of women having these conversations in the public sphere. Sure, I started reading books, and I know that there are ancient mystics who were women, and I'm so grateful for the writings of women from modern times all the way back to the Desert Mothers. But still, isn't it sometimes nice to just hear a woman talk about this stuff? It still felt like most of the voices having these conversations in the classroom, in writing, from the pulpit, and on podcast, most of them were men. And sure, they're open-minded men, and they're wonderful men, and they often interview women who are scholars and experts in their field. But what about the ordinary women who were thoughtfully engaging with a faith practice? Where were their voices? Where were they the ones conducting the interviews? I also found myself longing to find a woman's voice from whom I could learn about God. I could find an interview with Richard Rohr to listen to his sweet contemplative perspective in my ear whenever I wanted that. And I could usually scour the back episodes of whatever podcast he'd been featured on, knowing that they probably found other voices that I would enjoy just as much. And it was remarkably difficult to find a woman that I could consistently listen to and just feel like here is a representation of the divine feminine. This is why this is the missing piece. Because more than half the church is women. If we only hear male perspectives, male words, if we only hear a baritone voice coming from the pulpit on Sundays or in the podcast as the expert or the engager of information in our ears, what do we do as women who try to find ourselves in this story? I think actually Jesus had a lot to say about this stuff, and that's the reason I'm a Christian, because there is so much more to ancient contemplative Christianity and spiritual practice by following Jesus than we've really been made aware of in the West. And I think it's important that people hear that and that people hear it from a woman's voice because we're missing at least half of what it means to be like God if we never have a woman articulating it. God is not masculine, not exclusively There is a divine masculine, a beautiful, loving masculinity represented in God. And without divine feminine, we will never heal from the toxic masculinity that's taken over our culture. And so 
here we are, chickmunks. We're having the conversations. We're asking the questions. We're exploring together. It won't only be women. It won't only be female voices. But it will emphasize the pieces and the perspectives of the Trinitarian God of Christianity that we've left out with a white male God for too long. My prayer, my hope, is that this will be a journey of healing, that this will offer a space for exploration, for questions, and for entering into the great mystery together. May you find grace, may you find compassion, and may the light and peace of Jesus Christ make you more into love.